I'm Nicole. I'm Carol. I'm Tiffany. I'm Saya, and this is what keeps us together. Basically, the group chat in your head. Living rent free. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. So this week we are talking about respectability, politics, mm-hmm. and the definition, according to dictionary.com, is a noun, a set of beliefs holding that conform conformity. <laughs> You want to start over? Nope. (laughs) 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 To prescribed mainstream standards of appearance and behavior will protect a person who is part of a marginalized group, especially a black person, from prejudices and systematic injustices. Example. Black respectability politics embraces the illusion of a level economic playing field. Respectability politics place blame on groups already hindered by discrimination. All right, so. All right, and our cultural reference for this week is going to be self-proclaimed Auntie Mo. Because I don't know if she's everybody's auntie. So here we go. And as we began to walk through the airport, I saw so many, actually too many to count and too many for me to tap. But I saw so many of our young sisters in head bonnets, scarves, slippers, pajamas, blankets wrapped around them, and this is how they're showing up to the airport. And it, I've been seeing it, not just at the airport, I've been seeing it at the store, at the mall. I've been seeing sisters showing up with these bonnets and headscarves and these slippers. And the question that I'm having to you, my sweet babies, when did we lose pride in representing ourselves? All right. So how do y'all feel about what Auntie Mo said? Well, let's start off with what she's wearing. Enraged. <laughs> All, All right. right. So in this video. Because um, you're on Al Gore's internet. <laughs> Auntie Still Mo is, is sitting... Maybe she's getting ready for this show she was speaking about previously in a what seems to be a gray bathrobe of sorts with satin lining. It don't look like she got a bra on. Not one, because no. her nips are at her <laughs> waist. No. And, oh my and I'm not mad about it, because, you know, sometimes you just got to live free. You I'm know? not mad about it either, but don't go on the internet talking about appearance. With her wig cap braids ready right. when you set it off braids. and the whole internet internet looking just like like, like you should have a bonnet on right <laughs> just like the people you criticize so y'all know me and the way i go out the house is because i give zero like negative 50 fucks about what other people think about when i go out the house <laughs> You know, it is what it is. Some days I'm preserving a look. Some days I just don't feel like it. 
And that's my personal business. It is. I'm a mind the business that pays me. You mind the business that pays you. Get to your show, boo. Mm. Mm. With no comment. Get get there with no comments. That's right. all I have to say on that. I just it is discouraging because it's coming from a place of um I don't I don't know. I, I don't even know if I would call it respectability, but it's just, it's coming from this place of believing that you can tell other people to, what they should or shouldn't do. And that I always have issue with anyway. I'm I am against anybody telling me what to do. I want to figure it out on my own and then we'll work from there type scenario. But it for me, it just reads her really trying to tell people what to do when she is in an industry that really everyone dictates what you should do, how you should act, how you should look, and you know how that feels. So why are you now putting it on someone else it, to gain what? I'm because on all honesty, this per, these people are doing what they want to do for themselves and only are worried about themselves, which allows them a freedom that your lifestyle doesn't at this time and it could if you push back on it but you're instead pushing back on a little person versus taking care of business up top yeah i have a few thoughts one i wish that people just leave black women alone like right. mm-hmm. just leave us alone i don't like this is wearing a bonnet or anything else leggings or slippers whatever like you don't want to do that and that's how you don't want to go to the airport fine they are not harming anyone like they are not harming themselves this is a very innocent thing that's happening the airport is not a luxury place or experience (laughs) it is disgusting (laughs) so like i just I just want like leave I just want y'all leave black people uh, right. women in particular I want you to leave them alone. It's definitely giving like support whack, black women, you know, love black women, cherish black women, but also only if they look a specific type of way. Yeah. Only if they're doing a specific type of thing and it's very very irritating. Yeah, that and then especially also, coming from a black woman. That and then also she posted I can't remember if it was before or after that video of a woman in a bonnet. It looked like maybe her shirt got caught I don't know if they were in her drawers or she just had on like smaller shorts or thing. I can't, I don't remember, but you then put, you're a celebrity. You posted this picture of this woman who did nothing to you on your very public Instagram page. And I get it. She was out in public. So I guess there's that argument that she's in public. So it's free game, but like you posted her to be ridiculed and you're a woman who has faced a lot of criticism yeah. for her weight, for her appearance. And you're doing that same thing to someone else who doesn't deserve this ridicule. Also, you can prove a point. Right. Like you're but now you're the villain yeah. to yeah. me in all this. I definitely think that it also shows how much of this is learned behavior. Mm-hmm. Like if mm-hmm. I do this kind of thing, if I act this kind of way, if I dress in this manner, I'll get treated X, which is A, not the case, but B also very learned. It's very um, subscribing to the patriarchy because yeah. I yeah. always like to recall. Yeah, I that was one of my points. Like, I do understand that probably at the root of all of this, and I think for parents in general, that um, these standards are rooted in survival. Right. So they're telling us to do these things because they came through an era where if you don't, if you leave the house a certain way, you could be shot or harassed or you're not going to blend in so if someone's going to point you out and then maybe you won't make it home for whatever reason a white person decides they don't 
like what you're happening and then you're in jail getting mm-hmm. dragged being lynched like a police shooting you in the street like so i get that a lot of these things are happening and for survival but at what point are we just like i don't we're not going to keep doing this like because we're never going to change anything if we're continuing to just do things because that's how we've always done it right and it's not just black people that show up to the airport looking like whatever right because we're not in the mad men era anymore like being on an airplane isn't a status symbol as much right like people aren't in like suits and ties and in their very best in the airport you're getting from a to b and you're trying to be comfortable while you're doing it especially depending on how long your flights are like you just trying to be comfortable right well comfortable and warm because we all know that they keep the air on frigid (laughs) and if you are traveling even with a group like you sitting there and you uncomfortable for whatever amount of time but Back to what you were saying, it's very generational. There are a lot of people I know in that baby boomer gen. What is it? X. That. That. <laughs> is it? Is that what? No, 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 no. I don't know. I think boomer is right. Okay, yeah. maybe I don't know. baby sounds right. The rest of it, I'm not sure. I, I don't know, but where they are so consumed with image right? Whether it be for survival or it's because you have to be better than the next, that no one is appreciating anyone's uniqueness. Mm. And if in the situation where the young lady was, you know, maybe her shirt was was bunched or something like that, instead of taking a picture to ridicule, why not bring it to her attention? It's almost like when you see somebody's tag outside of their shirt, are you like, mm, you see that girl over there with her tag outside her shirt? Are you going to just like, I'm so- I don't mean to touch you, but do you mind? Yeah, you know, do you mind if I tuck your your tag in? That that's something completely different versus if you are just genuinely not appreciating someone's uniqueness. Now, if someone's uniqueness looks like, you know, I want to wear a bonnet out in public, then maybe you're wearing a bonnet in public because you one you're either trying to protect a hairstyle for somewhere to be, or maybe you your hair look jacked up. Yeah, what would you prefer? Right. <laughs> would you want me going out looking like, um, what's the man, Don King? Or do you want me <laughs> to, you know, well, to she cover talked about that? that too. She, you know, it. that's the thing I think this is the most annoying about it is that it, it has to fit into this, this form. So it doesn't matter if it's the bonnet or if it's, you know, um, a do-rag or if it is... Uh, green hair or if it is that you're wearing tight you know leggings or anything it's just this this um need for conformity mm-hmm. uh to ensure that the rest of us get ahead but that's not how that works right because at the end of the day all that does is maybe maybe it guarantees uh, some type of job or keeping you on a certain level but that doesn't guarantee that your authentic self will be allowed to to produce more than that right because you're kept in the box and I also want to say that you know respectability politics is also rooted in conformity which is rooted in like ingrained at least in especially in our um our American culture, uh, you know, you think about um, communism. If everybody looked the same, then that pretty much guaranteed that you may not be a radical or try to a socialist or anything like that. So I think that's combinated with black people trying to mesh into this white led world to make a little money or do whatever. A lot of people are feeling um, the need to come to have us conform to whatever makes 
white people or those in positions of power, which are mainly white people, um, more comfortable. Right. And that's to me where that all stems from. Like I hear what she's saying and I'm not saying that there is no um, I'm not going to take away from the fact that we are beating up on black women in particular, that we're low hanging fruit. So, yes, I, I'm not going to take away from that. But I also think that it's rooted in stuff that as a culture, we have said that white looking this type of way or um, uh, guarantees that you're not, you know, not trying to stray from the line. You're not trying to change anything. You just want to make your money. And mm. that can happen. And it doesn't have to mean that we have to be a monolith in order for that to, to occur. And I think that that's the thing that, I don't know, bugs me about the whole scenario is that we've equated money and position to our respectability politics with the hope that Massa will give us something. And I'm tired of looking at Massa for money. I, I think I can make it without having to do all that. And that's the problem I, a problem I have with that. Yeah. So to your point, most people who are successful in, in the American standard of how it's defined didn't get that way by making other people comfortable. Mm. Say that again. Ultimately, that that's what that is. People, if I spend my entire day focusing on what's going to make other people comfortable, then I'm going to be uncomfortable. Right. And if I'm uncomfortable, I'm not going to be my best self. Mm. So while Auntie Mo is in the airport, obviously uncomfortable by what other people got going on, why not focus on the things that you got going on that's going to make yourself comfortable? And then you won't have to worry about any that's of real it. Too. Yes. And can we also, the, also the point too that it's only unacceptable until the majority make mm-hmm. it acceptable. Right. So like right. colorful hair and all that stuff. Like at first that was ghetto. We shouldn't be doing this and blah, 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 blah. How many people do you see at work now with red hair, like with pink hair yeah. or blue hair or green hair? And now it's like they're creative. They're, right. you know, they're of the forefront of something that's different. You know what I mean? But like if the girl around the way has green hair she's ghetto you know what i mean so it's just like it's only that way or not acceptable until someone else well let's get more specific because it's not always only even until the majority does it it's until a rich white person does it so Mm. colored hair wasn't really popularized until kylie jenner started wearing all these colored wigs i feel like that's when it became like really mainstream Mm. across not just black culture but across like another generation and another demographic. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, I just, I mean, no, but yeah, just adding to your point. No, no, yeah. I was just trying to think, I was like, dang, was she the first? Not the first, but like. Not the first, but like, I feel like that's when it really popped. Okay. But I feel like, you know, there is a role that social media plays into that, that is, you know, unprecedented too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I can speak from personal experience. Right now, my hair is, is locked and I like to experiment with color. And I've always enjoyed being a redhead, even when I was younger and I would go get my hair braided. I always wanted the brightest red I could find in the pack. So now that I'm (laughs) (laughs) now that I'm switching it up, I'm like, okay, let me switch it up from red to purple. Before when it was red, people would look at me and be like, you you know, you got to go to work, right? I'm fully aware of where I have to be. Your house? Cause you don't go into the office before when I was going to office. Sure. <laughs> like, you know, you got to go around the corner to the den. <laughs> before when I was showing up into an office oh, okay. and my hair was still red, I didn't care because that's what I wanted it to be. And if you had a challenge with it, do you want me to get this work done or not? Nah? 
my co- the, my colored hair is not going to affect your productivity. Affect <laughs> how I count these numbers on this screen. Yeah. So let's move forward and move. And now it's purple. I'm working from home, but I would still go into an office just this way. Job and, interview. Yeah. At this particular point in my life, yes. Okay. Only because there was a time before when. You know, Ma'am, if you are, are... Let's get into this. Because are you still the lady that's not checking black in your job applications? Well, it just depends on my mood, to be honest <laughs> right, with you. All right. I can't take anything no. that you say seriously no. anymore. It really, is it? it really <laughs> depends on my mood. Because I has been... Are over, you not black at all times, regardless of your mood? I am a black person at all times, but I haven't filled out a job application in almost 10 years, so I don't know. I'm sick. Mm. I mean... <laughs> I got job security right now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. But at the end of the day, I'm not going. There was a time where I would be like, okay, well, what should I wear? How should I look? Should I press my hair? And all of these things. But I'm like, this is just what it is. There's so many other people out here in these streets is getting jobs and being their own boss and other things, looking how they want to look and how not how society thinks they should. Thanks. Um, do you want to talk about um, you were saying do rags really haven't been in this conversation. Yeah, I just when we were coming back from Puerto Rico, I was realizing that I was sitting next to two guys that had do rags on, and I was like, why are y'all not part of the bonnet conversation? Y'all <laughs> in the airport with your head covered, y'all right. black, looking comfortable, <laughs> <laughs> black, blackity black, black. <laughs> so I, it just struck me as like, what's the line? Like, is that is that is a it faux a pas or is it not? Like, is it a line or a double standard? See, I don't think it's a double standard. Because I think it's a black woman. No, I feel like I remember, and maybe they just went through it first, but I remember years ago when it was don't wear do-rags in public and you're going to be portrayed as a thug That's and a good point. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. the other kind of stuff. So maybe it's just like bonnets are just now. <laughs> it's just our time. <laughs> yeah, like they had their time. I don't even for, remember that. I, I definitely do, do. Specifically, like don't wear do-rags in public. It's I feel like it was around the pager era, too, where just, like, you're going to be considered a drug Drug dealer dealer, and all that kind of stuff. And I specifically remember, like, parents having the conversation about whether or not they would let their son wear a do-rag out in public. But it was, again, goes directly back to your point about being safe and how people will regard you and what that could mean for your life and your well-being outside the house just because you're wearing a do-rag. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I have two brothers. I specifically remember like my brother is like even like having like their wave because you know like i want my waves to be fresh so like they would wear it in the car and like them accidentally getting out the car and my parents being like "Uh uh-uh like take that off before Mm. you get out like i vividly remember that so i think it's i I feel like they went through it and so now this is just our time to go Mm. through it same thing with like the sagging pants and they were talking about how that happened. I feel like that's like in jail they're like oh this time in jail and like all that whole story so i just feel like true I never knew if it was true. I've never been to jail, so I can't. Uh... <laughs> You've never been to a male jail? <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> not myself. <laughs> like, behind the bars. <laughs> okay, we're getting too far. <laughs> come back, come back. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what sound effects to play for that. I don't think we have one. No, it's appropriate. Uh, let's just move on. Okay, um, all right. But I think, uh, to your point, I do remember the second pants piece, and I do remember the jail piece I, whether or not that was true but I, I also remember it just being a thing of like 
I don't know why people were doing it. And I guess that was also another thing, too, of, like, why is it even happening? Which I'm just, part? The sagging exactly. of the pants. Oh, like, why they're sagging their pants? Yeah. Like, oh. I was also very confused yeah. by it. I mean, it can't be comfortable. I'll pull them up every two seconds. Well, I don't know. I wore them like that for a very... Like, I was like, it was me. It was me. Oh, I just always remember I, having, like, you know when you wear pantyhose and they're too small yes. and they like that's why you put a pair of drawers on the outside so i always felt like that's what jeans felt like when they were sagging except heavier which gotta be worse so no you you almost because this so weird now that i think about it but no i i mean even to this day i will a little bit but not as much as i did well, why do you then. do it Saya? why you got your cheeks out it's comfortable not your cheeks is it it is comfortable but i don't know if that's because i went through this whole phase of when everybody else was doing it i was doing it too oh interesting you know like yeah. i don't like what i have ever found this comfortable had i not done it for maybe a good eight to ten years like when you wear sweatpants do you wear them like that too mm-hmm. so do you feel like your machine I mean, is just like on lock lock when you have your pants <laughs> at your waist no like it, uh yeah because it's well that's what drawers are for why do you need pants to do that you know like to i don't know do you just feel too constricted i never so i'm going to say this because i have to put this caveat in because i think i also came out around the same time as sagging becoming a thing so to shift from women's clothing Mm -hmm. to men's clothing as Mm -hmm. that's happening is trendy yeah like i don't maybe maybe and and i a little bit of it was but i also think that um uh i knew i was of more of masculine center even before i came out so for me, if you're mimicking what you want to see, mm-hmm. then yes. So acceptability. It's like what's freedom, happening? almost. Yeah, yeah. I'm, sh- I'm sh- shifting. I was able to shift into the things that I wanted to see myself actually in. I know, so you know, you hear a lot of trans people talk about the body. For me, it's never been the body. It's been more the so clothes. the clothes. Mm-hmm. So, Your yeah. Look. Yeah. I was, I, when I initially started seeing it, I always thought it was because people had a BSD. But then I was like, but y'all weren't like boxers or like. Yeah, boxer briefs. B S D. It's it's ironic that Sia knows what I'm talking about. I know what else. It's a big swinging dick. Oh, <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah. I've only heard um, B D E. What's that? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> big dick energy. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. Oh. So that's newer. I think like yeah. big swinging dick is. But like I feel old. like energy is different than swag. You can pretend you is. have energy. Oh, okay. <laughs> But that's what. Well, but that's what right. is. But that's what sagging pants is, isn't it? Like, it's it's BD. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I don't know. Why would that help? Why would that make your pants sag? Well, because well, you, you don't wear them on. Yeah. Like you need so the crotch yeah, isn't like space. right up on it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what it's like to have one. So I. Maybe it's an assumption. Okay. It must be uncomfortable if it's. If you got a BSD. Yeah. I'm not me. I'm calling your fiance. Patrick. So then it's just. That was cute. Oh yeah, but we single after this podcast. <laughs> Where to put it back? Where to put it back? I also like, babe, that was not me. I was not a part of this conversation with these floozies. Well, then how'd you know what the what all them acronyms were? Then First of all, I didn't know what it meant. I, I only know what the second one positive. was. We floozies? Jeez. Shush. This is getting offensive. Listen, I gotta keep a happy home. So. <laughs> Also, can I interject really quick? And Patrick was like, why do y'all have a drop for Carol saying this is getting offensive when she could just say it? And I was like, because sometimes we have to use it on her. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> Most of the time. Yes. <laughs> Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, so I don't... I, what were we talking we, about? We were talking about um, sacking the pants. sacking pants. Okay. I, I honestly think uh, it... I'm not exactly sure where it came from. It became something that people became used to. But I think it's the same thing as like with like skinny jeans. It just, yeah, like it, it's, it's like, like any a, trend. Yeah, yes, any trend. Yeah. You just are used to it. So I don't... I don't particularly like my pants all the way up on like my like I don't have up and it's stuck huh you don't like them when it's up and it's stuck yeah like I (laughs) I Uh, yes, I don't like them all in my crotch, and but I did that for years with the girls' jeans, so it's just very. I don't I don't know what that is. (laughs) To me, I couldn't even tell you, but it worked. And I still don't mind it. So something stuck. If it's up, then it's stuck. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go. Let's rewind a little bit back into hair. Mm-hmm. Um, we, were, we talked about hair color, but I know natural hair for black women in particular has been, mm-hmm. a, unfortunately, a taboo uh, workplace um, conversation. And um, Saya, you were mentioning... The Crown Act earlier. Yeah, so that was, if anyone is familiar with the Natural Hair Act that um, California uh, put and wrote into a bill back in 2019, um, it was introduced by the Los Angeles Democrat, Senator Holly Mitchell, and it was aimed at creating a respectful and open workplace for those with natural hair. Um, Just because of the simple fact that at times an afro or um, locks or even some braids sometimes, um, even in the military, I think you can, at one point you couldn't have um, a certain type of hair. I don't know if it was locks or if it was um, braids, something of that matter where you, you could not have. And, you know, all of these places were saying, you know, you can't come into work with what is our natural hair and the way we normally wear it, be it protective styles or be it, you know, I'm rocking out my Afro because that's just how I like my natural hair to be. That it um, prior to this act in California was a way in which companies and um, businesses would penalize their black or the military, as I said, um, penalize their employees. Here's my question with that law is how do you prove that that's what's occurring to you if you're experiencing it? Oh, nine times out of ten, a lot of the companies, including the military, have written in where you cannot do that. Oh, the military. Yeah. Yeah. And so and a lot of businesses as well. They will put caveats on things. It be it unkept hair. Yeah. It says unkempt. And if I come up with my natural afro, that's unkempt. Right, but you don't know how I keep it, how I have to take care of it. So it is an afro. It's not just doesn't happen like this on its own. But in your mind, because it does something your hair doesn't do, it's, it's unkempt. unkempt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have so, y'all ever felt like? Because I know natural yes. hair in general. <laughs> natural hair in general has become more mainstream probably in the last like ten years Definitely. or so. Mm-hmm. So well, let's also say mainstream in places outside of like large cities because i remember i even before it became big i was i noticed people here in new york having locks Mm -hmm. when i was at 
in Michigan, in the Midwest, more didn't too many people have locks because mm-hmm. you were doing you weren't doing natural hair. You mm-hmm. were doing playing responsibility politics. Well, I'm not even saying not even as far as locking your hair. I'm just saying like how my hair naturally grows out of my, grows no, out I mean, of my afro too. scalp. No one had those. I yeah. think my brother did once. But even for me, like I remember every single time I had an interview, but this is like, well, my hair was permed for years before I, that I re- we all realized mm-hmm. how bad that was for our, not only our brains, but our scalps. <laughs> it's just terrible that we were doing that. But once my hair was natural, I still went to every interview. I would get my hair straightened before I went. Mm-hmm. And I would never go into an interview with my hair curly. Y'all, I was wearing heels uh, to my first rooms when I moved here. So anyone who knows me, that, that Carol laugh, that's it. Yes. Yes. We yes. all code switching. We code switch. Saya was heterosexual so, for yes. that hour. <laughs> that's right. You know me none other than wear heels. She was heterosexual for an hour. A whole, whole hour. Yes. I'm so sick. Yeah, but I just felt very, like, I don't know, like, so people were looking at me or looking at me sideways if I wear my hair curly. Now, before, like, if you know me, I hardly ever wear my hair straight. It's like a special occasion type of situation. Or, yeah, definitely. But, which is so weird. Which is an interesting yeah. piece of the conversation, too. Yeah. But I feel like I had a similar, I had a, an experience with a job interview. And I've been at my job for eons, but when I graduated with my MBA and I was interviewing for jobs in New York, I had, like, the first Especially, like, I feel like being someone that works for the government, like, I went to an interview, and when I left, I felt like it went pretty well, and I was recommended to the job by my supervisor at my internship, and um, I didn't get the position, and I asked for feedback, like you're supposed to do when you when you get told that. I assumed it was because of my salary request, because I was still working, and it was an entry-level position, but I can't move to New York for less than, right. definitely not less than what I'm currently making. A raise would be nice. Um, oh, I remember this. But I, the feedback that I received was that I was unprofessional, and I was aghast that that was the feedback that I received, because I've been called many a thing in this life, but <laughs> never been called unprofessional, and I was honestly shocked and very very embarrassed when I was talking to my supervisor who recommended me for the job about it and she didn't understand like why I was so shocked and I was like well I I feel bad because you recommended me for a job and that's the feedback I received like whether you know it or not like that's not a great you know reflection on you but like also I've worked for you for three months like is that not a shocking... Yeah, why yeah. was she shocked that you were? Yes. Why? I don't, I don't know. It was all very confusing. And it was the only time that I've gone into an interview. We had like... So at my internship, we had like a field day, kind of like off-site, like day, the day before my interview. And so I had a weave, but it was like, it was a curly weave. So it was like a more loose curl than my natural hair pattern. And so I did a wash and go for the field day. And so the next day I was like, well, I don't feel like like flat twisting the front. So I'm I'm just not. I'm, you know, my hair looks nice, albeit big. Mm-hmm. And so I went into the interview and for that to be the feedback, like that was all I could think right. that it was about. Yeah. You know, I've just like never been called unprofessional before. And that was the when I followed was... up for feedback, I didn't receive any. So it was hard to really think about it being anything else. And when I was talking to my supervisor about it, she was like well, like what happened? And I was like, well, it was actually interesting because someone came in 
so it's like it was like rapid interviews so the person who would be my direct supervisor the person who would be my peer and then the person who would be managing all of us all interviewed me in the same day and the person who would be managing all of us is who gave me the unprofessional feedback Mm. but the person who would be my direct supervisor came in and was like talking about the client that i would be working for and was kind of like talking shit about the client and so i was like well i thought that that was weird but it seemed like a it might be a test but if it's not like i I don't, I can't, you know what I mean, attest to anything about the client. I haven't met them. And so she's like, well, when that happens, like, you know, you just want to like play it cool and not like subscribe to what they're saying. And I was like, how would I subscribe to what they're saying? I haven't met the client. I can't (laughs) co-sign anything that they're saying. I can't agree. I can't be like, oh yeah, that makes, you know, like good old boy, like elbowing. Like it just, just like none of it made sense. It was all like very confusing. And I was just extremely surprised because I just thought that like New York City and like the sport industry would be much more advanced mm-hmm. than that and so mm-hmm. to experience that thing that i had feared most when i'm trying to shift careers at this like juncture in my life was just very shocking mm-hmm. so have you since then have you gone into no i also haven't interviewed since then because i was just like fuck everything i'll just stay where i am and start my own business <laughs> so that's right. what i did fair enough <laughs> right so i can say that my I know my mother has typically always had challenges with how I've chosen to wear my hair <laughs> as well as some some of my family members. And I find myself coaching them with being OK with it being OK, if that makes sense. Yes. Like mm-hmm. because when I graduated college, my hair was very straight, but it was really short. And it was only a few months before I was like, I'm not doing this because you know, graduate in recession and you making the month, little bit of coin you making, you can't go to the hairdresser every week or every other week to go get it fried and dyed, dyed and laid, laid to, to the, the side. side. You can't do, you can't afford all of that all the time. So then I just cut it all off and went completely natural. Like from, from not bald, but like short, short, short hair. And then it just grew out. So then <laughs> I had an in-between stage. And actually, oh, I remember. Stage. Yeah, the awkward stage. My least favorite stage. I, right. I think oh, everybody's Lord. least favorite. And I remember Where I'm at right someone now. I used to work for. <laughs> Girl, you just cut your hair like two weeks ago. <laughs> you keep going, returning to the awkward stage. You keep cutting it. Right. <laughs> I can't. It's your favorite stage. It's not. <laughs> So I remember being my old boss. I used act the I used to work at a hair salon and I remember being in a mall. My old boss was there. I didn't know she was there. But one of my friends was like around her and heard her say, "Oh, that's Nicole." And at the time, I'm it's a weekend and I'm minding my own business. Probably, well, that too. Minding my business, probably my hair is like snatched up in like a little headband or whatever. And she was like, I just don't understand how she just don't keep her hair and how she works, the job she works at where she works looking like that. I'm sorry. And I didn't hear this. Someone came back to me and was like, somebody around the corner is talking about you. And I know she's talking about you because we're the only black people in here. So when she said it to me, I was like, that is very interesting because I've never seen your hair before because she wears a wig every day. I've never seen her without a wig. So I'm like, okay, Did fine. you fight her? No, I didn't. No. I just chalked it up to her. Did you fight her? To her, her being the <laughs> age range that she question. is. 
and and it was. <laughs> it being a learned behavior that you have to have this look that your hair has to be pressed it has to be straight it has to fit this illusion or delusion of american standard instead of just what it is at the end of the day i still show up to my job and yeah. can we get into two aspects of this one aspect being that the generation above us dealing with so many scalp and hair issues later in life due to this mentality of what your hair is supposed to look like and what it's supposed to do when you're out in public and it hindering like their actual like hair and scalp health like later in life Mm -hmm. um i feel like that is an element of that and then i also feel like i i remember two instances working where i work where co-workers we would be like out and we would see black women and one of my coworkers specifically being like, man, her hair looks like a mop. And uh-huh. me having to directly, talking about microaggressions, um, turn and be like, no, it's beautiful. Like that's how her hair grows. It's gorgeous that she has the confidence to wear that out. Or like correcting another one of my coworkers when I was like, I was in a phase where I really wanted locks, but I, I'm, I live in that stage actually. I really love locks, but I like hair versatility too much to, commit (laughs) um and i was talking to my coworker about it and she was like "Mm, no locks are dirty because you have to like you can't wash your hair and then it has to mat together and that's how you get locks and i was like skirt that's how you would get locks (laughs) that's not how i have to get locks and that's not how locks are and locks aren't dirty and locks aren't uh, uh that so please before you ever ever open your mouth to try to educate me on my hair Mm-hmm. educate yourself first yeah i also think it's interesting with your first point how the generation above us subjected themselves to a lot to get their hair straight but they also in that they were also in that air afro pro pro black phase as really well good point. so it's interesting like y'all started with being very i'm black and i'm proud and this is my hair and i'm gonna wear it big and i'm gonna all that so then they transitioned into um, conforming and doing the straight hair. Well, let's break that down because is it right. weird? We talk about our, the generation ahead of us being the, the generation that integrated. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, yep. And that's exactly and and then no, like well, being pro black and Afro is very specific to Black Panther movement and kind of um, militant black. You know what I mean? Yeah. For yeah, at but, least some of that. Well, I guess I'm thinking because they integrated before that movement. Mm-mm. So my mom is born in 50. So she was the first class to integrate schools. So was my, well, how old was, what, do you know what grade she was in? Uh, 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 first, second, something like that. Okay, yeah, I think my yeah. mom was in elementary school. Yeah, same, my mom yeah. was like elementary, middle school when she was first integrated. But that pro-black movement happened in, when they were in college. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. So they integrated and then they went from reclaiming, you know, like or trying to maintain that pride to then going back to conforming. So I think that the pro-black, I think that that is like a subculture to black culture, though. I don't think that it was everyone. My parents had one. It, they definitely did. I think it, not not that like being yeah. pro-black is a subculture. Yeah, no, no. I mean like what it means to it's your hair. hair. Yeah. I think it heavily depended on like where you were in life, the kind of jobs you were trying to get, that kind of thing. And my parents were in college, so I mean I think that's the rebellious thing you do anyway. They weren't in the Black Panthers, but they definitely were in college, so that's yeah. that. And my mom cool. was, when I 
trying to get jobs was very Donna Summer hair mm. stuff, like Farrah Fawcett. So waves. I think it also depends on the justification given because when Sorry. I did have my fro, mini fro, whatever you want to call it, or in between stage, my mother would say, well, are you going to pick it out? No, I'm not. I'm, I might twist it and then untwist it. And her justification for it, I remember she said to me, well, when we would do our froze, we would roll it up and then pick the curls out. And then that's how we would get it to look all even and neat and kept. And I'm like, but that's not how that works. Like though. with the pink rollers? I, I mean, I don't know what type of roller she used, but I'm not finna do all of that. Sorry, just, I'm just interested in how this happens. No. I mean, so there's the justification. There's still a process that you're doing to to achieve a certain look is what I'm getting at. So it's not the pressing comb. It's not the relaxer mm, that you're using. You're still using something to make yeah. it appear more kept so that you can be accepted in a society. But well, I'll see, I, that's, yes, yeah, I, I, I feel like we still are, as in general, maybe as a woman, we still want to look good, whatever that means to you. Right. So for you and your in-between phase, it was just, I'm a rocket how it is and it, how, like, what it is is what it is right. for me i'm my two-strand twist and my twist out is what's gonna make me feel good and make me feel presentable in the house and sometimes it's my two-strand twist mm -hmm. just pulled back <laughs> into a ponytail right now my hair is too short to do anything so it's a slap cap <laughs> if i don't have a protective style <laughs> because i just don't know what to do you mean you wear a sophisticated bonnet i do <laughs> i absolutely do i wear a satin line hat to leave my house when my hair is not it, because I personally don't feel comfortable leaving in a bonnet out in public. But I also don't care right. if someone else decides they want to. But I think, I agree. I think there's a fine line between, like, conforming and then just not wanting to leave the house in a way that you're uncomfortable. Because mm -hmm. mm. I will say, even though I've been natural for years now, I've only worn my hair, like, in an afro out twice. Mm. And that's... That's me doing an afro not just like i just ran out that's like me like attempting to like have one that looks manicured and presentable like, by when you say afro you're meaning like you picking it out or just like your hair is just big and curly no like i didn't try to twist it or like do a twist out or do a braid out and then pick it out like it's whatever my curl pattern is picked out okay wow oh, i've never out. done that unless i was going to a 70s okay. party the first time was because black panther came out and I was going to opening night. Mm. So that's one. And okay. then two was like, oh, Patrick was like, oh, I, I really like your hair out. And I was like, great. And then it was humid and it looked terrible by the time <laughs> we went out. And I was like, see, this is why I don't do it. <laughs> I hate how I look. <laughs> yeah, I, I know for myself, probably, I know my family probably is like, Nicole, you just a different end of it. They, they oftentimes are like, you just different. <laughs> You're special, Nicole. Because I when Indy Irie came out her came out with her song I Am Not My Hair, it was almost like I thrived. It was like it was my anthem. Like I'm just gonna lead a house how I wanna lead a house. Like I'm gonna do whatever the heck I wanna do. But that's exactly what they said. That's just your excuse, Nicole. For you to go out the house looking any kind of way. Oh, no. I mean, but that's my personal business. Not your family being like, stop! <laughs> just 
fucking do something else <laughs> about the hair that goes out of your head <laughs> that they gave me. Hold away. About the hair that they gave me, y'all. Oh, that's exactly that's exactly what happened. And even even to this day, I still get shit about. Oh, you and this is the one that that gets me. Oh, you about to go out like that? Oh. Yes, I am. With confidence. What you need from the store? You, you need just, something? You just reminded me a few years ago, we had a discussion about black hair with your family. Yes. And young man Brandon, who is now, how old is he? What, 20? 20, no, I think. about to be 20. Either about to be 20 or 20. Jesus. 21. Uh, but at, but at um, that time, must have been in high school at some point, right? Yeah. And... I remember we were talking about somebody's hair and I can't remember what it was, but we were doing the natural versus press debate. And I vividly remember him being like, oh no, but I got to date, got to, got to get that done. Got to get that done. Yep. And I was just like, got to get done as it has to be has to pressed be and straight. Pressed and straight. Pressed and straight. Yeah. And I remember looking at him and I'm just like, your mama's? Your aunties? No. Uh, none of them, are, at, that at that time, most of them had either um, been trying to go natural or been doing a little bit of natural and then doing it per uh, press, but you definitely were, uh, But Nicole. even in going natural, um, in doing my family's hair, every last one of them press their hair out. Yeah. Even every my last mom one trying to go natural does the same thing. Yeah. Right. They, they like, like, I just can't, I, it's the humidity and I just like, I don't, I can't. I humidity is exactly why I got locked because I was like I don't want to have to try to. Try I also it feel like you should want to. My hair thrives when it's in its natural like state. Right in the for me my hair texture like if it's humid, that's when my curls really. Oh yeah, pop I the remember most. having this conversation. You're like, oh, day two hair is my favorite. I'm like, day two hair is <laughs> anybody's game. I, all every last one of my sisters, all of them have this gorgeous curly hair like the, the curls are defined and it to me it is gorgeous my curl pattern is not set up like that girl i feel you my hair locked in three weeks okay because my curl pattern is not set up like that so from, <laughs> right so when i was doing their hair and as they were going natural it was a major mental adjustment to get them to like Embrace. I'm like, you should wear your hair curly. They're like, mm -mm, I, I ain't doing that. But I also feel like that was the case for me. Me too. When actually. I transitioned, it took me a long listen. I found a hair from the first time I tried to flat twist my hair, and I was trying to convince myself that I looked nice enough to leave the house. <laughs> I looked back on that photo like a year ago, and I was like, ma'am, you should have stayed indoors. <laughs> but good for you for making it outside. Because wow. Yeah, I feel the same way. Like the first time I did it, I had to like. Because you're used to seeing yourself a certain mm -hmm. way. And then after being told for so long that, like, that's not what's beautiful. And then to see yourself like that and be like, oh, like, I, like, okay, I, I look different. But, you know, like, do I, mm. you know what I mean? Like, there's that internal struggle. But now, like, you can't tell me anything about my natural hair. Like, I love my hair curly. But the first time, I'm just like... <sighs> It's Look. not too late to get a burn. <laughs> it's chemicals really that bad? <laughs> I, the chemical burn, it, it wasn't that bad. I, I can mean, do this. Yeah, and even for years when I went natural, I was wearing weaves and clip-ins all the time just because not only like was my curl pattern not the desired natural curl pattern, but then like my length was non-existent. <laughs> so like living in the awkward stage, especially with how my hair grows, regardless of like, like it's really like armpit length right now. 
but hey. it's not when it's styled. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, I just went natural two years ago. So like dealing with all of that and like learning how to deal with it and like be in the essence of it is a learning curve also. Yeah. Also, when we first went natural, there wasn't a lot of hair products either. So you're going through a lot of these quote unquote natural hair products, but are not meant for our natural hair. Mm-hmm. So trying to also find some a product that is enhancing your curls was a, an experiment, I would say for what? Right. Years. A, a, a long time. Yeah. Like I feel like we're just now getting to a point where we can ha- we have multiple different products that we can try and use on our hair. Whereas before it was like, I don't you know. have three options. <laughs> yes. And then what works Carol's for your home daughter, girl. which is very expensive or like something else at that time that you don't really have. Yeah. And what works for your homegirl may not work for you. Yeah. Right. right. Well, so for myself, it's like one of those things where when you learn to be grateful or appreciate what you have. So in working at the hair salon and you see some women come in, they don't have no, and and in no form trying to be shady when they mm-hmm. don't have any edges because something this is-, is getting offensive. <laughs> I was going to do the gun cock one. <laughs> no. Not trying to be shady. <laughs> no i'm serious when people are like genuinely they they don't have edges because of something that happened to their hair yeah. or they are putting in a quote-unquote protective style that's not protecting their hair or if their hair is starting to thin or they're starting to bolt something's happening with their hair mm-hmm. and in all honesty i've always been blessed i had one instance with my hair where i got a bad weave and it's literally snatched the hair out the top of my head <sighs> And I didn't realize it until I took, like, it was painful. I took the weave out and I got my hair done. And as at the time I was, work, again, working at the hair salon, my boss was wrapping my hair and she, she was like, she was trying to comb it around to wrap it. And she was like, um, Nicole, you have a bald spot in the top of your head that like, look, maybe like the size of a small fist. And at the time, in an effort for her to try to make me feel better, she was like, well, the good thing is your hair is so thick or you have so much hair that people can't tell that you're bald, right? And I really oh, have to... Not like, that you're bald. <laughs> not just spot me. My whole bald. Right. <laughs> that people can't tell that you're bald at the top of your head. And the mo- and at the time, I'm like devastated. I'm like, this bitch that made me bald. Mm. And I really want Just a bald spot. No, I, I understand. Was it? Th- there was this lady that was her weave. right. Yeah. There was this lady that okay. did my weave, and I was hot for a minute. But then, when you start to really reflect, like because she also told me those that have hair will have hair, and I've always thrived off of that. What does that, that mean? I've, so meaning that my hair is thick, and I've learned to embrace all of its thickness because there are some people out here that don't have no hair, mm-hmm. and it, they don't have any hair because and they can't control it. But I have hair and I have hair for days and I appreciate it. And I think that's why I genuinely like when people have comments about my hair or if they're like, you gonna wear it like, yes, I am. Because I'm proud that I have all this hair. Mm -hmm. There are people out here that's like, I'm trying to buy this cream to grow my edges back. Or Mm -hmm. I'm trying to do all of these things to get my hair to grow. And thank God mine just grows like that. So I'm like, yeah, I'm some people can perceive it as me not caring. I perceive it as me being grateful because some mm. people don't have that. Mm. I, yeah. you. I removed the applause, but I would have added it right there. But I still had it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Thank we, you. We have that one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. So my weave story, I have several. The first happened when I was a several freshman. Several weaves or several stories? Both. 
first happened, I was a freshman in college and I let some girl do a quick weave in my head. Mm. Bad Is idea. that in glue? Yep. Yes. Oh. On my hair. Oh. Yeah. Were um, you natural at this point? Either way. No. Dicey. Okay. I was, no. <laughs> Most of my hair ended up in, this, in the bad, um, <laughs> on the floor. Oh, you didn't take it out right, did you? No, because I had no idea. I'd never had one before. Mm. How are you supposed to take it out? You're supposed to like, there's two not different ways. out in the shower, yeah. which no. is what I did. Why? Is that the option that you chose? I don't know. I chose violence. And- <laughs> 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 you kept going. Yeah. Yeah. Did YouTube exist at this point? No. 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 Maybe? I don't know. Was it college? Yeah. It definitely existed. Freshman year. What are y'all talking about? Who said no? We did, but that was not me. Maybe in the I little side said no because... <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> She had to go to the computer lab to go to the internet. I did. Did the computer lab dial up? <laughs> did not. And the but AOL home. definitely had the dial up. Couldn't be on the phone and on the internet at the same time. That's right. When Ty was trying to do her homework, <laughs> had to go get the encyclopedia and do her Man, term papers. I read them things front to back. <laughs> okay, so my real weave story is same thing. When I first was going natural, I probably got weaves like every month to quote unquote like grow out because I didn't do the big chop like Nicole did I did the transitioning so like half my hair was permed half of it was so my mom would help me take my weave out and um she was like cutting it cutting it cutting it and then I heard her go <gasps> I remember that and I was just like um because <laughs> someone with scissors in your head you do not want to hear the deep side my mom was cutting my weave but she didn't realize that the she was at my lead out which is at like for those of you that don't know, your leave out is like the top that covers the weave. The very front the of very your hair. The very front of your hair. <laughs> she cut like almost, probably like my front, my leave out is probably, my hair has always been really long. She probably cut it down to like an inch <gasps> and a half. Thinking it was the weave. And so after that. Was it a compliment? Had, <laughs> huh? <laughs> it was a compliment that your mom thought your real hair was your weave. Um, Maybe, <laughs> but I was... <laughs> The, the devastation afterwards. Um, I then had to cut my hair into a bob, <laughs> um, and also like the asymmetrical joint so that I could cover. Okay, salt and pepper. <laughs> yes. Salt and pepper. Yeah, yes. and we and I'm talking to push back. Um, yeah, so that's my most detrimental. Well, both of my At least most you won't bald. detrimental. That's very scarring. Yeah. In the spot, but nonetheless, <laughs> no. still bald. I was not bald, but I did have to wear, and it's probably why to this day I still have a side part. Um, <laughs> oh, I just like it parts. ain't never grow back right. It ain't. Oh, the center part we can't get right. Mm-hmm. Oh, the center part we. Um, no, but it wasn't like as dramatic. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. just off center. Yeah. I feel you. So, but yeah, I don't know what they're It'd talking be your about. Own people. <laughs> <laughs> she was so apologetic and felt so bad afterwards. It's one of those things where it's just like you know it's a mistake, so you want to pop off but you can't pop off yes. one because you know it's a mistake and two because it's your yeah. mom <laughs> <laughs> I didn't pay you to do this <laughs> you're right so I was like man she felt so bad I was so angry but I just you know I had to chalk it up doing it yeah chalk it up to the game because it was very clearly a mistake it's a tough one yeah mm. it was so alright so we're transitioning into um professional dress um, in the workplace. I just told you I was wearing heels, so I think that's all you need to know. There's <laughs> a whole switch up. But have you ever, like, I think this is also probably goes back to school, too, like, where we had to, we couldn't, we couldn't wear certain things, but because 
typically um, black girls are curvier than our counterparts. Mm -hmm. What is quote unquote appropriate for them, they deem inappropriate for us because it fits us differently. Correct. Did you guys have that experience growing up and at work or and or at work? My experience, I think, may be a little different because not only was I curvy, but I was heavy. So all my clothes look like old lady clothes. Not old because, lady clothes? Yeah, because... Were you wearing moo's in high school, too? <laughs> yeah. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I mean, so actually in high school... No, real... It, in high school, I went this in, through this entire phase and my sister could not stand me for a long period of time because every day was a pair of sweatpants, a long white tee, a long black tee, my flight jacket, and some Tim's every single day. Like, I went to school every day looking like I was about to stomp somebody out. <laughs> Choosing violence. I mean, I only chose violence. Was that high like school or middle school? High school. Okay. So, my, my sister was like, <laughs> she struggled with me so tough that, I mean, she probably still does. I love you <laughs> if you're listening. But <laughs> I know that she struggled with me. We even talk about it now. And I mean, I switched it up and then I started wearing little tight jeans because I thought it was cute, but you know, mm. right. But being <sighs> being a heavier set, clothes always look different mm. for me. I always yeah. had to be mindful of that. And then, of course, people were like, well, you know, your roles and you got to wear a girl. Uh, I still struggle with that because, you know, that body image is a whole nother conversation. Mm. But being able to wear clothes that are, quote unquote, presentable, mm. whether it be for school or work and being heavy set is... It adds another layer to things. What would you wear? I'm interested because I know we're talking about what you have to wear um, or what the requirement is for like business. But if you didn't have to, per se, do like a business look, but couldn't do like your at home loungewear, how would it have been different from like button ups? What would you guys prefer to wear business wise to be professional, but not? I'm like, not sure I understand your question. <laughs> Wait, you mean like button-ups? Because you no, wear like the, long I know sleeve the, shirt. No, I know the requirement in work is like you can't do... Like, it's... To be more professional is like a button-up for even a young lady. Like, it really wouldn't be like a... It's not. It's not? I feel like that's not a button-up. You mean it? a blouse. I think she's referring to is like a blouse. Mean? I don't... Yeah. Okay. I don't wear... Well, that's what I was yes. trying to get at. But, okay. I, but I feel... But it's... I asked specifically because I feel like if you're chesty, button-ups are a problem. And that's what I was wondering. In another yeah. way. Right. Yeah. But yeah. I also know that that's what is desired so that people are not looking at your chest, right? Like, cover it up so that you... So oh, no. What you, you, oh, there are blouses that are high-necked that don't have buttons in the front, so you're not oh, presented with that problem. Right. But is that... Are they... This is probably a whole tangent, but are they still tight because you're... They they are, but I think there's that fine line in between, you know, what you deem as professional. Because I mean, like, I'm chesty. Yeah. I've always been chesty. And I probably highlighted that that area in my life. So clothes (laughs) I would buy may have potentially been lower cut than necessary. But (laughs) living with my best friend who is chesty and very self-conscious about it, especially in the work environment. You, actually in like general life, but definitely in the work environment, it's not an area she wished to highlight. Mm. Um, hated button-ups for that reason. That's the only reason I even know oh. any of that stuff. Oh, see. Um, but 
Also really found chesty. ways to downplay. So people are surprised to ah. find that she is chesty because she mm, does, does such a good job okay. of. I don't. I don't want to even say good job because whether or not you decide to is your business. Yeah. Um, but you know, for her, it was a focal point to downplay. Mm-hmm. So makes sense. I think it just depends on what your level of comfort. Like, how do you feel about certain parts of your body? Yeah, but that's true. you know. Oh. And, and what you deem as pro- professional specifically. Yeah. I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, but it was the um, black, I think it was, it was a black teacher and it was also a, ba- a black news anchor who was very curvy. And so she had on, I think like, not a bodycon dress, but she would wear um, like a form-fitting mm-hmm. dress. But because she is a curvier woman, it seemed tighter on her than yeah. it probably would have been on someone who wasn't as curvy. Yeah. Now I remember people were telling her how unprofessional she was, but she was fully covered. Like mm. her there was no cleavage showing. Like it was probably like a midi length. So like at her knee or lower. But people are still telling her how unprofessional she's dressed yeah. just because of her natural body type. Mm. But what other people probably would consider as professional for her would be something that was oversized. Yeah. So then she would Mm-hmm. Then you're probably going to say she doesn't look professional. professional because her clothes don't fit. Yeah. So it's a very, it's it's hard for us to even or I feel like we're always thinking about how, how is someone going to perceive mm-hmm. me based on how I'm dressed. Right. I remember we all have a mutual friend that goes to our church who is very curvy and she dresses immaculately I feel like every single thing she wears is amazing but she's got body so I feel like yeah no matter what she wears I feel like people are gonna think she's dressed sexy Mm -hmm. only because of her body type but Mm -hmm. she's never not a lot of cleavage is showing like it's same thing it's usually midi length like it's not short or anything like that but I remember talking to her and she also has very naturally curly hair and she was saying she doesn't wear it curly all the time because people would look at her as like sex kittens. The only thing I can really think mm-hmm. about oh, because man. like, are they going to perceive her a certain way because of her, because her hair and her body is like almost like it's too much, Yeah, mm. but it's how she naturally is. And I remember thinking, I'm like, dang, like that's rough. And yeah. But it's also like, tough because you don't get to decide a, how you carry your weight, what your body type is. Right. But then, also, we don't have a decision what is deemed sexy as a society. Mm, you know what right. I mean? It is yeah. like TNA, but like that's, well, I didn't choose that. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I didn't decide that y'all like curly hair and go wild for it. You know what I mean? It just yeah. is how, what happened, like that's right. how hair goes out of my head. Right. right. And I just, I remember thinking like, dang, like one, I wish. Girl. Say all of that. Like, I wish that I was like, pow, pow, pow. Like she is, but also like I would also hate to have every single time I left the house, I had to think about is someone gonna sexualize yeah. every single thing I have on simply because of my natural yeah. body type. Well, like I think, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, I was just gonna say that I think that that is what is really frustrating, and I'm blessed that I don't do. I feel like I look like a string bean nine times out of ten. Girl, no. But I. I feel like I didn't, I didn't, I was a literal string bean until junior year in high school. And then I got some ass, but I feel like I really only have ass because I don't have hips. So mm-hmm. there's nowhere for my gluteus maximus to go, but out. <laughs> Come on, gluteus maximus. <laughs> so I feel like I look like a string bean straight on and then I turn to the side and it's like, oh. To that point of like being able to turn it on and turn it off, I feel mm-hmm. like it is beneficial because I feel like in a work environment, I can hide my butt 
But when I want to accentuate it, I can also. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that is a blessing that has been allowed to me that I understand that a lot of people don't have. But I also, like, remember one time wearing this, like, when I say flowy, I mean, like, it was literally that material that, like, blows in the wind. And it didn't, it was, like, sleeveless, but it had, like, cap-like overlay. Mm -hmm. So it just was, like, I want to say I looked like the Pac-Man monsters. (laughs) Like, that's how the dress is at the bottom. But it's, like, knee length. Okay. But you know how it's, like, like ridge at the bottom? Yeah, that's what the dress is like. I, I got that. I just, does it sound sexy to you? No. Great. It it's going to make this point really great. At work, at work, I had to escort this guy up into our spaces because we work in um, whatever. I had to escort him up from the lobby. And so he was like, oh, like, you look nice. Like, you're going to hit the club after this. Oh, what? Looking like a Pac-Man monster? <laughs> Sir, have you been to a club? <laughs> Any of them? Right. This, you mean like a country club? Because <laughs> maybe then. With golf. Yeah. Like, what? <laughs> what? ball. <laughs> Are you on crack? It was very confusing. That's my uh, work story. Because I feel like, well, where I work, they people have sense because they, they'll get sued in a second. Mm-hmm. And I think that that has happened. But it's also like... You know, people that have been in the workspace for a long time trying to, like, overcome the madman mentality. So they have sense. So even when you're complimented for your attire, your dress, it comes with a caveat of, like, I um, I don't mean this to sound any specific way. Right. But you look very nice. Mm-hmm. And that's how the conversations like, are at my job. <laughs> not the Me Too movement. Not trying to. Yeah. Basically, don't call HR on me. Yeah. <laughs> I like your dress. <laughs> Period. Yeah, I remember for me, um, I was one of my first events job, like corporate events jobs. And um, we have to wear, so my office is more, it was at the time was more business casual, but when we were on, on site with clients, it was business. So um, we had to, like, it was like skirts, pantsuits, dresses, all that stuff. And I remember the first time I wore a very nice dress, like I, God, I looked very, like, pretty much like what I would wear to church mm-hmm. kind of situation. Mm-hmm. And one of the ladies afterwards, she was like, you know, you look very nice, but, but in the future, you should wear pantyhose. Girl, bad. Mind you. Stop! Yes. Just <laughs> do something else! <laughs> My, Please. Death to pantyhose. Yes, mind Was you. Was it summertime? In Houston, Texas. I no, 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 no. I cannot. I just looked at her. It was it's like, a hell nah for me. How old was this lady? Older. Like she was definitely. So like it was her demographic to like you know like they wear pantyhose in the house like Not as a house as casual wear like she was like, that. I got off from work and I'm wearing these things. Yeah, All pantyhose being the leggings. Of it the was <laughs> honestly. I don't know about y'all's, but like. My grandparents and above, like, my grandma, I remember my grandmother would wake up and put on her pantyhose just to, like, sit in the house. Wait a minute. So, hold on one second. I know you're about to go off, but let me just... <laughs> let me just finish. Nicole's like... Right? <laughs> but when she told me, I just looked at her and was just like, ma'am, I'm not about to, like, knock my pH off balance <laughs> for you. It's a real thing. It yeah, like, guys, look it up if you need to. It is hot. Like, I am not wearing pantyhose, but... I'm just thinking, like, it's definitely a generational thing, like, where th- what they feel is professional and, like, a full, cohesive look. I even remember fighting with my mom growing up about wearing pantyhose to mm-hmm. church every single Sunday mm-hmm. and how it was, like, how that completed a look for them. But for us, it's just kind of like, I'm not about to be that uncomfortable right. and hot 
all the time. And it's even worse when you're growing because then you really got the <laughs> pantyhose sag, crotch middle. That and how many pantyhose did you in the rip? holes? Yep. Did you rip? Do you know to, what doesn't complete a look is to see somebody with pantyhose and open toe shoes and so it runs. Stop. <laughs> and runs. Yes, and runs. But I'm just, I'm just looking at it, just like, did I'm not doing ever, it. Then let's talk about how close you are, because the second you get a run in your pantyhose, you look like a stripper. Okay, <laughs> you need to tighten up. Right. No, but then it's also like, well, go get the clear nail polish so we can right. stop it, and then get it stuck to your skin. Yes, and then you move a little bit, and you got the little white residue underneath. Like, oh, not the, the white trauma. residue. Yes, so much trauma. Like, I have to ask, did you guys? actually come to church without pantyhose yes, at any yes. time. All what time. happened? I bucked the system happened? all the time. No, 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 no. Not now. When you lived in your parents' roof. All the time. I bucked the system no, no. all the time. Really? Yes. yes. The only time that I actually had to wear pantyhose when I was a child, when I was going to my grandmother's church in North Carolina. No, no, but no, their I, church is like, you can't even wear pants as a woman. Yeah. So nobody said anything to you? Yeah, absolutely. Every time. For me. Right. Oh, I don't remember. Not your parents, but me. I mean, somebody else too? Uh, I'm pretty well, sure someone pulled me aside and was like, you should wear yes. pantyhose. But I'm just like, I think I, once I got to like high school, probably, I was just kind of like, are we going to do this every Sunday? Like, are we going to fight about this? Every Sunday. I, I don't remember anybody saying anything to me. But I also was cutting out of church early a lot to go to soccer. So my you got to pick your battles. Damn, <laughs> I couldn't even play on Sunday. Me either. My, my parents took me out of some travel games because I couldn't play on yeah. Sunday. The way that I wouldn't have played in college and had a free education. Hmm. Right. The way I didn't no. have a play in college. The way that you did have a free education. <laughs> I was going to say that. But I, didn't have one. <laughs> I was like, let me wait for her to lie. It was not because of a sport. <laughs> I played travel soccer and could not play on Sundays. Yeah. Mm. So my great grandmother, right, right. <laughs> Thank God I was smart. <laughs> Thank God, Jesus. <laughs> Does a um, that's a raven mind melt to decide if I was dumb or just athletic? <laughs> I can't. <laughs> just kidding, I was fine. <laughs> I'm sick. You's a dummy. <laughs> I was not going to honor roll, just to be clear. <laughs> Come for me. Right. <laughs> I will flip this table right now. <laughs> that, the athletic honor roll. Mm-hmm. You know how Carol, say androgynous. <laughs> Andronominous. Listen, I've always been Spell book- it. Spell it. I can't. I've always been book smart. Let me tell you something. I can remember something. I can memorize to the best of me. I can't say none of them. What was the word you tried to say today? Wow. 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 Reading the definition. Nicole, don't you have a story? <laughs> Did you have a story to tell? No. Anomaly. I don't have, no, I don't have any Jesus. stories to tell. <laughs> Who got student loans in here? Who? Who? Don't come from my That's neck. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. But I'm... Stop! <laughs> Just... <laughs> Do something All else. Y'all do something else. Don't come for me. <laughs> but I'm still educated, though. Me Does too. Does it from my master's? For free. <laughs> no, that's what I was thinking, too. Leave really? me alone. Honest. Okay, I see what you're doing today. <laughs> Choosing violence today. Look, I'm going to spot at Popeye's. I'm going to fight y'all, too. I'm in a mood. Chicken <laughs> straight. The first, the first time first in our 30 plus year friendship that I've ever heard Carol not just go get the car. <laughs> I'm, about to, I'm about to fight these hoes. <laughs> What? What, what happened? 
makes me want to fight okay. that's why i just wow, don't wear them segue. I'm just, yeah, I, like that. <laughs> I mean that i've always felt that way i remember my grandmother she never socialized after church for the most part because she was in the car taking her pantyhose off <laughs> not lying she would leave out of church like it would you would turn benediction you would turn around mm-hmm. where's granny she's in the car taking her pantyhose <laughs> off because they are uncomfortable <laughs> and i lived by that law you not finna make me wear pantyhose or granny's out in the car taking hers off right now <laughs> and i think i only wear pantyhose like on usher day when we had to wear a uniform mm-hmm. and then i got to a point where i was like Put me off the usher board. I don't care. I don't <laughs> care no more. I didn't want to do this for real. I don't. <laughs> Y'all made me. I don't. I was voluntold to be standing up here. Right. So <laughs> Y'all so bold. No, I got I think one time and I was like, well, guess I'm going to wear these things until I leave. No. I think my mom just With put high heels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's high heels. High as a I think my mom just got tired of like it being a thing every single Sunday. Yeah. And so, so wait, she did. you did or your mom did? I think both of us were just tired of fighting each other. And oh. so it just became a... But you did what she... what she You didn't do what uh, she wanted you to do. Instead, you for, did your own thing. And yeah, I would say by the time I got to high school, it's just kind of like I'm, I can dress myself. But I would say until then, unless it was like Aww. a Sunday where we were ushering or like, I don't know, or later, like it was I'm like we just... I don't know, I feel like we just came to an understanding that pantyhose were no longer going to be an every Sunday situation. I also feel like at some point I was wearing pants or like long skirts. Oh my God. Long yeah. skirts? Pants? The, the, yes. Or long skirts. I was in college and my mom was like, what you wearing a pants the for church? I mean, Sai, you're also like... <laughs> wait, what's up? Wait, what's up? <laughs> 15 years old. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's all applicable. Yes. <laughs> I did not. You did. <laughs> you said that. Oh, so funny. Okay. Okay. But so, I, but I do remember going to Mississippi to visit my grandma, like my grandparents' church, and then making it very clear that I wasn't wearing pants um, mm. to church. Or did I have to wear pantyhose? Maybe I don't mm. know. But she was also one of those people. It's just like. Um, she wasn't tight that you fought um, that you fought with. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so you're saying that I'll be wearing a skirt uh, with without <laughs> pantyhose. All right, I'll be there on time. Mm-hmm. Right. In the dress. A yeah, skirt. I remember just one of those things. Where my mom was like, "Look, I know that at home we've come to an understanding, but when we're down here, <laughs> I feel like my dad. Right. Yeah, I need you to put on them pantyhose. It might be 200 degrees outside, and that church do not does not have air conditioning, okay, the and there's going to be 200 of us in this building with them church fans, but you. And your vagina are going to be sweating <laughs> the entire time, <laughs> and you're going to be happy about it. I feel like that's the conversation my dad had with me about pants down south. Mm. Yeah, it I just did. was not allowed. You know, now that I think about it, this is how my great grandmother's church. I remember going there one homecoming, and because my my mom and I are just not arguing about things, and she just lets me live my life. I think I wore pants. And I now remember people looking at me real crazy, but 
the Welcome amount of to my world. The, <laughs> I think the amount of tunnel vision and like my grandmama don't want to be here, neither do I. So like Jimmy Crack Corn and I don't care. <laughs> Jimmy Crack Corn. Wow. What I've never been so long. How does it even go? Like, <laughs> we need a booklet. Also, what does that mean? <laughs> I don't it was know. a song. I know, yeah. but like mm-hmm. I don't know. It it's mean? probably something racist. Probably. And basic Look at you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, Willie, no. Microaggression. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. Wow. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just say no to pantyhose. Yes. Per. <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that recent for you? Can we talk about how sometimes I miss it when my thighs shave? I'm like, if I was wearing pantyhose. <laughs> <laughs> or how one point they got Actually, popular again. <laughs> Or like it wasn't pantyhose, it's more just like um what are they called? Um Sphinx? Yeah. No. Um (sighs) No, they're light pantyhose, but they're thicker. They're not like tights. Tights. Mm -hmm. Yes. Remember when tights were (laughs) how did you not stocking? Like how did you I thought you were looking for a new form or something? popular again like when they had like little designs and stuff and my mom was like oh so you're wearing um stockings again and I was like it looks really nice it looked really good I'm just like nah never wearing these again I, I wear them to work in the winter um, my my work is casual now. I wear so. PJs to work oh, in the winter. Not casual. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing jeans and Uggs. Would you oh, roll, so nice. roll yourself down the hallway. But in the winter time, I just work in the bed because it's cold. <laughs> I ain't no. All right, guys. I have a surprise for you guys. What? Oh. New segment alert. Oh. Oh. Wait, wait, wait. Is this a new norm or is this like a today thing? And I'll see if I can keep it up. Okay. So I'm doing meme of the week. Okay. Okay. I like it. All right. So this meme of the week is: Why didn't our parents just take the meat out of the freezer before going to work? Right. This is posted by at the dot black dot excellence. So guys, why do you think our parents put so much pressure on us, small? impressionable children to prepare one of the most important meals of the day when they could have walked out and went in the deep freezer and pulled the meat out. Instead, they wanted us to remember to do it. Can I... I don't know that meat sitting out for eight hours is like... Well, not out, but like put it in the fridge. You know. No. Put it in the water to thaw. Yeah. I think that's worse. Is it? Mm, I don't know. I, See, we don't. We're look at look at us. We're thirty plus and still don't know. Let me what's safe and what's not. This also wasn't my testimony. I like you I never had to take the free. She didn't have these problems. I didn't. May oh. the Lord bless her and keep her. Wow. I remember, I remember her vividly too. seeing my mama's Buick put the corner. It reminds me. It damn near breaking my neck to pretend I to pull that meat out. I didn't put it in the microwave. The defrost. <laughs> That cancer meat. <laughs> I said it in hot water, like it's scalding hot water, knowing good and well. Moss said put it in cold water. I was like, this shit needs to fall out, like right now. <laughs> I mean, it'll be cold once. It'll be and then the hope bit. and pray that she just real tired when she walked through the door and she can go sit down first before she cook. But see, when I started cooking, it's probably why I started cooking early because the amount of times I got 
They're going to be cussed out for not taking the meat out. Well, then you figure it out then. Okay. <laughs> McDonald's? Um, Triggers. Anyone? That's probably why I don't cook during the week now. <laughs> like, I'm just, no, we just going to eat out. But no, that's a whole real thing. That was a lot of pressure. It was. Saya, do you have any stories of your parents taking you to take the meat out? I honestly take? don't. I know the trope but i don't ever remember having to do it if wow, i who did are it, if i'm getting I, I babysat after school oh no i wasn't either but i think my mom either remembered <laughs> or just didn't trust me enough to call <laughs> <laughs> that, that's valid <laughs> are you the only sibling though mm-hmm. oh okay yeah oh this is my house but yeah huh dang yeah, no, that was definitely no, a struggle in my house. There were several moments where my mom would be like, all right, guys, I'm on my way home. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot to get the chicken out the freezer. Right. Dang, that's a whole argument when they get home. Too. But like, I, I asked you to do one thing. Depends on what, you're in, what it is. Right. It depends yeah. on how deep it was in the freezer. Yeah, like, that's well, that's another conversation. <laughs> I mean, it takes a couple hours yeah. if you're going to do it without putting it in the microwave. But not right. you put it in the bowl of hot water. Yeah, no. but you're not so technically yeah, you're not you're supposed, supposed to thaw to meat in hot water. You're supposed to thaw it in cold. Yeah. Oh, but not sorry, whatever. Like lukewarm, like not necessarily hot. But it doesn't take okay. Mm-hmm. Nope. How long does it take y'all to thaw your meat? I mean, that sounds like not long at all. <laughs> turkey bacon and that's because you can't cook it all i don't cook it all in one so do you only buy enough to get you to the week yes Uh, i don't the only thing i have in my freezer right now is like shrimp and that doesn't take long you're right and i I break it out and i just put it in a bowl of water and then i go about my business and i come back and so so you don't go to costco (laughs) i don't okay (laughs) that's why that's the thing oh i mean she also is cooking for like two yeah it's two people so yeah Oh. Maybe my thing is just greedy, but we gotta get uh, I mean, way, we buy in bulk. I don't know if you know how much Patrick eats, but I have to mm. pray that my my leftovers are still in the fridge. First of them. all, <gasps> I cook for four and only two and a half of us eat. <laughs> so that and there's never any leftovers, so I do understand Yeah, we buy we buy meat in bulk or we try to. It's also cheaper. Mm-hmm. I mean I feel no. I just don't. We're also lazy, so I, I just don't. Well, we we eat out too much, a. So I feel like that is something that needs to change. But I also I just don't like defrosting meat. Like I just don't. I feel like your meat should be fresh. Places, the places that I don't <laughs> yes, but the the places I don't trust with meat are like fresh, never frozen. I'm like, do they know something I don't? <laughs> should we be defrosting this before we eat it? Should we just be eating it fresh? And then I I don't mind going to the but grocery store multiple times a week. How uh, fresh I is fresh? It. Because I said how oh. fresh is fresh. But that's another question, but I don't <clears throat> like freezing it doesn't help that question. Like you're still what eating are we it. talking about? I don't know. I feel like we got off on a tangent. <laughs> how do we get how fresh here? is fresh? Oh. No. I'm no just in general about yeah. thawing out meat. Oh, I'm sorry. So. You're like, what? I feel like it's the meme. It's the meme of the week. 
Oh, it's black that's right. Sorry, sorry. Okay. No, that was it. That's all I wanted to share with you guys. We no, can close a, out now. That was a, that was a good one, though, Kel. It was. Because that, the way people used to risk their whole life trying to, well, people, us. Yeah, people being me. Us, it was just the two of us. Well, yeah, just them. the two of us, because yeah. these other two. If I had to do it, I wasn't done it, because I didn't panic. I was always babysat after school, so I didn't. Uh, no, we had, oh we were at Lat we were latchkey kids for a little while too. We I forgot about that. So that's are you also part of the generation that like your parents trusted you to be in the house by yourself like, without getting kidnapped? Um, yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, but you didn't have any siblings. Maybe that's why that lived in your house. Maybe what's why? Why you weren't left at home by yourself? No, but I was. It just was like after a certain age. Yeah, same. Yeah, like, but like, up to a certain point, I was babysat, and then I was in the home. In my house by myself. After oh, school. my brother, he probably shouldn't have been, but <laughs> <laughs> he like I would say he was watching us for a while. He was brother present. was watching y'all. He was watching y'all. He was present. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> kind of. Y'all don't do nothing. I'm going upstairs. All right. Or I'll be out. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah, you narking on him 20 years later. It's too late, right? It's too late. We can't do nothing now. The chip's coming out. Sorry. All right. Okay, so I saw another meme. I just love love the internet. Um, it says, a gentle reminder to love and cheer for black girls with orange hair, long nails, tats and lashes, even when they aren't the fast, fastest woman mm. in the country. Mm. Um, and this is talking about, um, I guess it's kind of shady towards Shakar. Was it? Is I, it shady? I don't know. It feels a little, After I read it, I was like... <clears throat> I mean, I feel like they're saying no matter... Um, who this person is. I feel like people are rooting for her because she's just doing, yeah. she's really amazing and she's doing amazing things, but also outside of her, even if the person isn't this Olympic runner that we should be celebrating black women regardless. Right. I feel like it's shady to the women who have orange hair that aren't Shikari. Yes. <laughs> okay. But so that just Shikari in general or women, that's, she would probably, if she wasn't so good at what she does, she probably just would have been written off as another ghetto black girl. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But for, for but because I think she it's she's being accepted right now. Do you feel differently? No, I I feel like you're right, but I also feel like since she tested positive for weed, everyone was like they were, but I feel like I'm still seeing a lot of people being supportive. like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, no, I'm I'm I definitely agree. Um uh, come back to me because I, I have points, but I, I'm not ready to share yet. Okay. Well, oh, all right. Well, let's, sure. well, let's talk about when you guys, when we first were introduced to, well, when most of us were introduced to Shikari Richardson, what were your initial thoughts on not her appearance, but just her, in, well, maybe her appearance, but her in general? Because she definitely doesn't look like what most <clears throat> Olympic. She reminds me of Flojo. I'm right. dating myself. So much. Oh, okay, but I know that's okay. exactly yeah. what I thought of when I first saw her. So I, to me, now when Flojo first came out, I definitely remember people talking about it wasn't for her, it wasn't her hair, it was her nails, right? Her nails, like, yeah. And I just remember everybody being like there being this like excitement about her, but still this like 
having to make a point about the nails. And eventually, because she kept winning, it became this like... Mute point? Yeah, well, not only this mute point, but something celebrated, right? Because mm-hmm. she was being celebrated. Okay. So we're now going to celebrate her nails. Whereas, but first, when she's on the scene, it's like, who's that crazy girl with them nails? I mean, she sure can't run. Oh, she went a couple. Cool. Let's see if she does it again. And like, so for me, when I now see Shikari, I'm very much like completely didn't see anything else at all like i just was like oh she's running really fast i didn't think about her nails i didn't think about her hair but i think that that is because i have a reference uh yeah and i have we we well i say i but i think some of our culture has been moved along when it comes to um our sports uh and especially on the international stage because we want to show that we're, we're number one so we will deal with to their point we will deal with things that we normally wouldn't because you've been so pointed in saying I'm going to be who I am and I'm going to win this regardless of what you think about me. Cause you know, it's based on if you do well, that's how you get it. You can't, someone can't tell you, well, this right. is the, this is the dress code. Mm-hmm. No, it was more of like, if you do, well, there's no way we can tell you, you can't come. Yeah. So that opens the door for people to be able to do Unless it. you're on the swim team, but that's a conversation <laughs> for later. Yeah, so uh, it becomes this thing where athletes can be expressive of who they are, especially on the international stage, but even, even, you know, football, basketball, you see us now being, because the work that you do speaks for itself without you having to say anything at all. And so Mm -hmm. these athletes are able to now... They don't have to run the respectability politics that the rest of us have to mm-hmm. still because they're given the, we have to prove ourselves worthy and then somebody will then say, okay, well, whatever you're doing, I guess it's fine. Mm-hmm. Or or yeah. I, as I get to know you, I don't really see the rest of this. That's a good point. Right. And so that's what's happening with these athletes, right? They're proving themselves on the field or, or you know, um, in a, in a, a, stadium um and so they're therefore okay i'll accept you now because you've proven yourself mm-hmm. that's where we're always at this acceptability politics is more so like let me get to know you first and if you prove yourself then i'll respect whatever else you want to do mm-hmm. but i need to know you first and this is how we even started this this is why monique was wrong in the way she handled herself because mm-hmm. bottom line is you're judging somebody before um you get to know them if you get to know them that wouldn't even be an issue but because right. you right yeah. that was a soundbite also sorry because you said acceptability politics and that was a word right because that's what it really is mm-hmm. i think people also need to get away from trying to to make a look define what that person does if that makes sense mm-hmm. so it's like yeah if you if you work in this field you have to look this way mm-hmm. or this is how you have to look where you have some people who are very talented artists that, I mean, that would look what someone would define as hobo looking, but that their work is phenomenal and costs maybe millions of dollars. I don't know. I'm, I'm speaking. <laughs> Am I wrong? No. Um, but what, why do people feel like they need to define 
or put a standard on what somebody is supposed to look like in a specific field. So it's like you have all of these quote unquote creatives. And the reason why I say quote unquote is because I think everyone is a creative in their own respect, Mm -hmm. whether it's behind a computer, whether it is at a, a fashion designer or an artist with a canvas, you're creating in whatever field you excel in. Yeah. And if you do that with a muumuu and a bonnet on, or if you are doing that with cheetah print on Auntie Mo, because we know how you used to dress on the Parkers. We can wear that in real life. Um, Or if you're doing, you know, if you are wearing a coverall situation, like mechanic style, because no one knows what you put on under that. You know what I'm saying? No one knows what's on the inside of your head that that, that truly defines who you are. And your character and and the person that you are. I just don't think that you should match up what a look goes with of occupation. Yeah. This, this reminds me. So, this is very complicated because it made me think about my experience when I was in vet school. And this was a while ago. But at that time, I'd already determined that I wanted to get locks. I didn't have them yet, but I had made that determination. And I remember sitting there and uh, the, this is my first year in and they're discussing you know getting your white coat and what you should look like to be presentable and I remember they had on the slide like no no locks and I or think it was dreads you know back then because I I actually didn't know a lot of people who had like well-kept locks I only knew people who had dreads so no regardless of any of that the reason I bring that up is because they were saying for so that always rubbed me in the wrong way and it always made me think, oh, I don't even know if I want to do this. So this is how it's going to be. But the reason that they said that is because uh, white coats, right? So people, when, you, when you're um, in the medical profession, you wear a white coat when you are um, entering in to see a patient. Nine times out of ten, it's because that white coat brings about the respect of, of you having some type of knowledge, right? And so wearing unkempt hair... Of however, whatever you saw it as, um, be it for from what started up for me was locks, um, that in some way um, diminishes people's uh, trust worth their their trust in you as a, as a doctor as a clinician is trying to help them. So you have more people who are respectful. Like they've done studies and they say that you know white men is like the most trusted doctor um out you know wearing wearing white men nine times out of ten wearing wearing not only wearing the white coat but also asking who why right. trust the most well <laughs> the family field poll was, was well honestly there was a time that i think that i i don't know when this was taken but it it when we were talking about respectability politics black people did to some extent too, especially um, once there was, uh, we were able to go to a white doctor without having to have any issues. There was a time where the people did begin to trust them. So I do understand it from that standpoint, but I also, I always felt like you and uh, Tiffany and Nicole said, I always felt if I, I'd be around my people. So they would already know, but they were saying the numbers are, there are people are just innately if you do the um uh, 
what's the test? Uh, bias, the bias test. Mm-hmm. You do the bias test. People, even if they don't even realize it, are leaning more biased towards thinking that black and brown people would hurt you versus a white person. And so that that trusting of white white doctors, right? It's just, it's we see what we see on TV. It's just the way yeah. in which things are. So I understand. I'm saying all to say, I, I do understand how it can be something where the culture is has ingrained itself to believe something for whatever reason. I you know can't call why that has happened. And so that ha- can affect your job. So I do get where respectability politics can come into play and where you have to make a decision for your livelihood, mm-hmm. right? Like I get that, but it's still just crazy because to y'all's point, there was a time we couldn't even go to a white doctor. And if they did, you know, Tuskegee experiments, like it, it, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just, I guess I feel like I do understand where it comes from sometimes. Doesn't mean it's right, but I just kind of do understand where it comes from. And it just makes you realize like, oh, what have I fallen into? Just like maybe mm-hmm. a Monique at times because I believe that that's the right thing when it, because it, it works or it gets the job done or you're able to get the job um, or gain someone's trust because you look a certain way versus... That's such know. a good point. I was going to say, I feel like I've had to... Con- the, the older I've gotten, I've had to unlearn a lot of things because of how we've been taught and conditioned. So a lot of times I'm trying, I find myself having, this is why I love conversations like between us Mm -hmm. or other people where like a a safe space to be checked. So I can be like, oh, like this isn't, I shouldn't, the bonnet situation conversation. Whereas I don't feel comfortable with that. Maybe five or 10 years ago, I would have been like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe she left the house like Mm, that. Like she looks crazy. But now I'm just like, I don't like do you sis honestly sometimes I wish I felt comfortable enough leaving the house with my bonnet on because I'm just running to the grocery store I remember actually I remember being on a bus and I was like a camp not a camp counselor but essentially a camp counselor mm-hmm. and the um director of the program we were all getting off the bus to go to Bojangles to get breakfast but it's like seven o'clock in the morning um and we all like left the they were staying at dorms and we all left the dorms to go to ch- this is a stop on our way somewhere else. It was like hours away. And I, at that time, I had rollers in my hair, but I had on my bonnet and then I had on a hoodie on top. Mm. So you couldn't see my mm. bonnet, but I didn't want to take my rollers out till we were going close to where we were going because I didn't want my curls to fall. Right. And I remember him telling like, me about to get off the bus and he was just like, oh no, you got to take your, your rollers out. And I'm looking at him like... <laughs> <laughs> Who is this man? To go into Bojangles? Like, I could, and again, I had on a hoodie on top so you couldn't see it. But I'm just looking at him like, do you know what it takes? Like, what I have to do to, like, look presentable for where we're actually going? Right, right. And I'm just looking at him like, you're a man, so you don't understand, but also you you don't want me walking into Bojangles, I guess, looking a certain way, but at the same time, like, well, well, I guess I'm not getting breakfast. Or can someone get me a chicken biscuit? Also, Bojangles. That's what I have a lot to say about Cracker Barrel. The cook probably had rollers on it. Exactly. I remember vividly thinking, like, dang, like, you're really about to make me take all these rollers out of my hair that I'm probably going to have to put back into my hair as soon as I get back. Right back in the car because we're about to be on this bus for another three hours. So 
and I think that's probably what triggers me now where I'm like, well, now I can't leave my house. You know, like I feel mm-hmm. like innately, Makes I sense. feel like I don't feel comfortable enough doing it. And maybe that's why now I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like leave black women alone. Let us do our thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like, I think that that's what I have mixed feelings about this meme because I feel like maybe I've curated my social media in a way that I don't see people talking shit about this young lady having orange hair. Right. I only see the overflow of support yeah. over leaving alone this young oh, lady what's your who algorithm? is amazing. I don't know. I, well, I don't follow Shade Room. So like, uh, oh, it, yeah, it's curated. <laughs> there you go. I had to undo there it a lot. is. <laughs> there it is. Um, where people are supporting her like solely. And I'm obviously supportive of that. But I, I also find it confusing because... She's not the first to ever do it. So that's where for me, I'm just like, obviously, is how I feel like when I see it. So when I first saw her nails, I'm like, we're still talking about this? Like after Gail Devers? Mm -hmm. Because Gail Devers was our childhood track star hurdler. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like, how are we still talking about this? And I think that that's what it strikes in me is not that I don't want to be supportive but why are we still talking about this? Right. When That's people fair. are like, oh, like black women are about to take over the Olympics and gymnastics and then swimming yep. in and track. I'm like, we've always killed track. Yeah. Simone Manuel has been Dominique amazing in, in swim for the last two or three Olympics. Simone Biles has been killing it for years. Like, yeah. What are we like, talking she about? Can't lose. Why are we still talking about this? Like, yeah. not that I, obviously I want to be supportive, but like, it doesn't have to, I don't. I just get tired of like acting like it's new. Right. I think because it's like it, it kind of cheapens all the people that came before. Yeah. I think is how I feel about yeah, it. So it is this like mixed sensation for me where it's like kind of like the conversation about like black sitcoms and like oh thank God for blackish, thank God for grownish, but it almost like dilutes what Moesha, what Family Matters, what sorry Cosby Show was for our childhood. <laughs> In the, in the sense of having these, like, black Shit. shows that were yeah. black excellence, black yeah. greatness. And we almost, when we're talking about, like, media and how they, you know, like, support for black people is new. It's like, well, it's not. There was a, a place in time where I feel, I was trying to figure out, like, why that happened. And I feel like internet and um, mm. algorithms and statistics are what really shifted what we were seeing in media mm. a lot more than we realized because black TV shows were bountiful when yeah. we were in our right. childhoods. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was a period where it was like slim to none. Mm-hmm. And now it's like having this resurgence. Yep. But I, I wonder if it, you know how like the surveys can only be as good as the questions you put in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depending on what was being asked can only yield certain results. Yeah. And I feel like that was the result of what we were seeing. But it wasn't because this is a new groundbreaking idea. Yeah. But I think also with Shikari and specifically is, yes, what she's doing is not groundbreaking. Like she's definitely a product of the time. Like the colorful hair, the long nails, the lashes are very on trend Mm -hmm. for her age group but most of the black olympians or olympic i don't even know what they're called before they go to the olympics but those that are trying to get to the olympics a lot of them don't look like her or at least they're not looking like her while they're running so i think that 
is a part of what, where I totally understand what you're saying. Like, she's not inventing anything. Like, her look is not new. But a lot of the girls that are running are also not running looking like her. Like, she kind of almost came in full glam. Yes. Uh, I feel like track is different in that sense. And I not to, like, the wigs and lashes degree, but I think, like, um, I can't remember the young woman's name who had the Dorito chip earring mm-hmm. and now is like sponsored by Doritos mm-hmm. but I feel like track has always had flair and it's always been like varying degrees based on what the norm is in pop culture but so I I don't fully agree I do understand what you're saying and I again I it's no shade to Shakar like I, I think that she's great but I just I don't I don't know. I just don't. No, I feel what you're saying. I guess I'm just saying, like, I don't see every single black girl that's running doing what she's, like, looking, giving her look. I feel like I see a lot of lashes. I see a lot of acrylic nails. I don't see a lot of wigs. Maybe it's the combination. I don't know. Maybe it's yeah. all, maybe is she, like, hit the trifecta. But I mean, it's also, it's also winning. Yeah. Right? Right. Like being, yeah. She's really most, good. In the most popular race. The 100 meter race is the most popular track event yeah, but also black women are all in sports in general are always being picked apart, just like um, Gabby. Like, I remember when she first mm-hmm, came out right. and her hair, her hair was a, more of a topic of conversation than her actual skills. And being picked apart for not being full glam, right? Yeah, so right. it's like we're full. Yeah, it's like we're on the other end of the spectrum. It's just like, one, Gabby, her hair is not they're talking because her hair is not done yeah quote unquote like not done quote unquote and then here we're now with shikari who did come like lace wig you know like she's doing the most so and this is the perfect segue because i think that that's what irritates me about that meme is that it's like celebrate women with orange hair and long nails that aren't winning the 100 meter race but also celebrate women whose hair aren't done Right. Aren't winning the hundred meter race. Right. Are just yeah. looking at life. Are wearing a bonnet in an airport. Right. Like yeah. just B. Stop. <laughs> just <laughs> do something else. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that that's what irritates me is that it's I, something like this happens and it's like protect and support black women, but it's like depending on the shade of the conversation, it's always something new. It's always something different. And right. when people were cool with slandering Gabby Douglas, I was in Brazil at at. In the stadium where they were doing gymnastics, like just like trying to figure out, like this has gotta suck for you. This has gotta like really suck. It being your second Olympics, you're not at the the cream of the crop because Simone Biles is like crescendoing. Yeah, it's looking like it's gonna be your last gymnastics. But I don't. Why you don't look any worse than you looked four years ago? You're still a great athlete, and it's like I always feel specifically bad for a gymnast because your peak happens so early in life Mm -hmm. that you are trying to achieve this like very high pinnacle, this very on a very grand stage. And as like a black woman feeling like very protective over them, like watching her go through this by Americans, no less, for not putting her hand on her heart while she's standing for the national anthem and then having to deal with people in your own culture talking about your hair hair. when it's like a lot of that shit they don't get to shoot. Like, I'm sure if they... If you look at the Brazil Olympics and you look at their hairstyles, they're not made for Gabby and Simone. That hairstyle Mm -hmm. is not made for them. Yeah. So, like, it... Like, having to contend with all that, like, on your team and then by people who look like you, 
it's fucking exhausting. Yeah. And you're dealing with, like, the actual competition itself. And you may not even be, like, you're on the the USA Olympic team and you may not be where you want to be. But this is what I'm supposed to give a fuck about? Yeah. How also, my hair looks? Yeah, also when you're also being raised, because she wasn't living with her family. Yeah. So you're being raised by people who don't know how to do your type of hair so they're really just doing whatever they need to do just to get it out your face right so that you can just concentrate on being an athlete right but again she, our own people are the ones who are crucifying her the most right when we shouldn't when it shouldn't matter but that's all exactly. going back full circle to where we started at the beginning let's just leave black women alone exactly like let's five just years later it's let them be everybody with an orange wig but just just shut the fuck up well yeah. okay <laughs> this is where i struggle and i i oftentimes see you try to like okay and when someone of a different hue changes the color of their hair, whether it be to be like extra blonde, red, lime green, Billie Eilish, I think has lime green hair. It is fine. No one talks about them. It is not, no one cares. Matter of fact, most people emulate what they see when they see other people of a different hue change the color of their hair. But when someone with melanin in their skin puts something in their hair other than what grows out of their scalp, it is like they are being dragged for whatever reason. At the end of the day, um, I think what I struggle with personally is that, and I, and I hate to compare it to this because it's not the same, but the, the sentiment is the same. If any of you all remember that part in Selena where the dad goes, Selena. we're not Mexican enough to be with the Mexicans. We're not American enough to be with the Americans. And nobody is ever happy and or content with what we as a melanated group of individuals do. If you are a black woman in America society, like Gabby, your hair's not done enough. Like Shakar, your hair's too much. Your nails are too much. There's never any true balance because someone is going to be upset mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter where you are. It, it's, it could be your own people. It could be people that put this image of society on you. And I think that is the part that bothers me the most, like where I'm like, truly bother and that's probably why I personally act the way I do how I just really don't care because it's almost like I purposely like to make people mad why because you're, are you going to be happy if I yeah. do it this way there's no one either way yeah. you're yeah. not so you know I'm going to wear this and I'm going to look maybe a mess to you but then when I put myself together and you're surprised at how good I look mm. <laughs> then some people aren't going to be happy about that. So it's like... Yeah. yeah. So I think to add to that is the concept that we're so quick to remind white people that we're not a monolith, mm. but we don't tell each other. Mm. Right. Because that's what all of this stems from. Yeah. Right. It's like there is no correct way to be black. We just are black and living our black lives and minding our black ass business. Like we woke up like this. Right. And regardless of how we choose to do it, y'all got to eat that because it doesn't affect you at all. Gotta, and and if you got a problem, you can. Pull up on me. And on that note, I think we should move to the affirmations. <laughs> I agree. I just want to shout out all the black kids who wore rain bonnets while playing soccer. 
Because their mama didn't want you to get your hair wet after you didn't got it done and she paid her good money. Just wanted to say, we love you. That's just Can I talk about one time how I was playing soccer and my I had like a ponytail piece on and I did a header and that shit was coming right off. And some girl, some girl's mom on my team was like, her hair is coming right off. <laughs> And I had to be subbed out. My mom had to run over to the sidelines, tack it back in, and my piece, tack it. <laughs> <laughs> I and you like, know she did it with ain't, so you should prick you in your scalp. Like, oh, like, shut up. <laughs> it's a girl's mom. I think that's right. Full glam on the soccer field. Right. It wasn't even full glam. It was like, I had like, whatever. I won't even get into it. Yes. Full glam. Yeah, full glam. Oh, my sorry. Full glam for a 10 year old. With my lashes and acrylic. <laughs> Couldn't tell me nothing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Who wants to start with you? Can we... What's the theme? Before, before I'm out of order. <laughs> As usual. Good ass. Good so, ass. Good ass. Like, have you not been here? <laughs> no, like, I know that we're... We're um, affirming our listeners, <laughs> as usual, but, like... No, but, like, have you... Where have you been? Okay. Okay. past no, two hours. Right. Great. No. So when I do it wrong, don't say shit. <laughs> I don't want to hear shit. Please leave all of them. I'm just confused. Like, what's all right? No, it's fine. Are you confused great. about the topic? No, just go ahead. No, just, go ahead. I want to help you. I want to help you. So <laughs> don't worry about it. Are you I confused? Ask the same, I have the same question every podcast, but it's fine. Right? I'm, I'm just like, act like it's brand new. No, today. it's fine. No, 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 I'm it's just cool. confused. It's cool. It's and cool. how you're confused every podcast. Stop! <laughs> just f-ing do something else. That's what I want to tell you. I want you to pay attention <laughs> to to the, to the topic. I didn't know I could do it wrong until the one day I did. And you very clearly let me know. So I'm just trying not to have that experience anymore. Scar. Hey. Yeah, yeah. Trauma. It's just about respectability politics. So if you can affirm them based on that. Who's going first? Because it's on me. Go ahead, Zaya. Okay. Well, I guess I'll continue on my (laughs) love of thyself while wearing a bonnet out in the rain. Um, <laughs> many of you children out there have had to experience the in-between stages or, you know, that time that the barber messed up that hairline and pushed it back or maybe even made it crooked. <laughs> maybe your Beijing was leaking on the side How of your face. Kids? <laughs> what kids have Beijing? I don't know. What? Just, just to help side out. <laughs> Balding and LeBron James. <laughs> oh my god, I'm choking. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I wasn't expecting all that. Okay, I'm sorry. I just wanted to affirm y'all. That's all. Just wanted to affirm y'all. To know that we, you are loved. Um, I'm sorry. Excuse me. Uh, so my that's part one. Part two, I guess my affirmation for today would be um, just know that you are worthy without even having to prove yourself to anyone else. Mm -hmm. I think at the core of this, uh, so many people are looking for uniformity and missing the jewels in um, the diversity of each person. So I want to affirm in everyone that you are not like anyone else. You were, he knew you when he formed you in formed you in your mother's womb, okay, and he scripture. made you different preach, for preacher. a specific purpose. And there may be comedians who get online and bash you. There may be. 
Olympic committees who do not understand mm. uh, your need for natural hair protection. They're... <laughs> Their, their main. I'm sorry, I can't stand you. <laughs> well, I hate y'all so much. Ooh, okay. All right. Um. Yeah. So there may be Olympic committees who um do not understand what is needed for your hair or. Why it is you wearing your hair in the way in which you are wearing it? None of that matters. The only thing that matters is that you understand who you are and whose you are and that you were built differently for a purpose. So there are going to be a lot of people in your life who are not going to understand. The only way you make them understand is by living your life the best way you know how. And I trust and believe the people who need to know and love you will, those who don't. Scroll. Mm, just like that. <laughs> How are you gonna end the affirmation with the gush? Tell me, too. Right. <clears throat> All right. So I'll go. Um, so today I affirm those that struggle with the opinions of others. Mm, come on. Just know that you can continue to live your best life. Oftentimes, <laughs> those that have opinion don't have input. Mm. And that they can form whatever opinion they have about you, but that doesn't mean that it's going to affect what you are doing, how you're doing it, with whom you're doing it with. And you can <clears throat> continue to strive and be your best self despite all of that and um, their opinion be damned. Is this just what we on today? I guess so. That's the type of way about respectability <laughs> politics. All right, respect that. Trigger. I'm not like that. Respect that. Um, I'll go next. Okay. I hate going last and I always go last. Um, I want to affirm that you will find your tribe. Mm. I feel like all of this ish is really, it's hard because everybody got an opinion. Everybody got something to say. Mm -hmm. There's so many conflicting opinions out there and they don't matter because what feels true to you and who you subscribe yourself to, your friends, your family, the people that are in your corner, they are for you. And all these people out here don't know you. They not about you. They don't matter. So keep the people that matter first. And that means you, your opinion, your heart, your mind, your soul, first and foremost. And stay up. Hey. Mm. <laughs> I, don't I don't really feel like that was the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. Thanks. We're stay in on trend. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so lastly, I would just like to... Um, I guess it's not an affirmation. It's just a challenge. Um, mm, Took who's wayward today. <laughs> exactly. After all of that. A call to action, maybe? Yeah, a call to action. Thank you, co-host. Wrong, but still. Okay. Okay. It's four of us. Okay. <laughs> I would just like to challenge us 
as black women, because I feel like for the most part, <laughs> we are the ones a lot of times mm. critiquing oh, yeah. other. I thought you were going to say listening to this podcast, and I was like, nope. <laughs> <So>. True. <laughs> I don't know who's listening to this podcast besides us. All five of you. <laughs> we appreciate you. And Rhonda, thank you. We love you. <laughs> um, Give shout outs? <laughs> yes. To our one listener. Um, I would like to challenge us as black women to evaluate the source of our critiques. Um, and that if it's okay. not, and just to really think about it, because if it's not in love, just keep it. Mm. And even if you, because sometimes I feel like we, you may think you have good intentions. Um, Monique, I'm not sure I quite believe how pure your intentions were. But for other people, when you see maybe a younger black girl or woman that maybe looks differently than how you would look, before you critique her or correct her because you feel like that's the right thing to do to think about why you feel mm. the way that you feel mm. before Ooh. trying to correct them. Mm. And Grr. I think that may change how you approach a lot of people if you're really thinking about the source of why you feel the need to correct someone else. Mm-hmm. And, and last, analyzing what you can learn from them. Yeah, what you, yeah exactly. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And oh. lastly, um, leave black women alone. Hey. And that's it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all, this was fun. Yes. Another uh, part one, part two episode. Probably. <sighs> Thanks Definitely. for listening. All right, bye, Rhonda. <laughs> <laughs> We appreciate and love all of you. Yes, we do. All five. Yes. See y'all in two weeks. Bye. 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 Bye.